Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is season 18, episode 12, Can't See the Forest for the Trees. I have been saying that wrong my entire life. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm surprised this wasn't named Gotta Nip It in the Butt. I thought it was Can't See the Forest Through the Trees. No, it's one of those. It's... Got to nip it in the bud. Can't Which, see the forest for the trees. In hindsight, really didn't make a whole lot of sense, but can't see the forest for the trees. Because, of course, the trees are back this episode. It's Mary, so there's trees. What did you think? This week was nominally better than last week's episode? It wasn't a full clip show. I mean, we still had our regular amount of flashbacks, sepia tone flashbacks, as usual. More than 10. It was the double digits. This is the problem, though, with networks. They order a certain number of episodes based on what the ratings were from last year, what scheduling's looking like. And you can't do that with this show because they don't always have good content for us. And I know we're trying to advance the storyline and get caught up to present day because we're over a year behind at any given moment in this show. But they can't even just skip over stuff either. No, they feel that we have to see every moment, even if it's not an important event to us. But if it's an event happening in the family, we have to witness it. Like, I didn't need to see McKelty tell 
every single member of the family that she's having twins. I feel like we kind of covered that last week. At different points, yeah. We don't need to have 14 different baby announcements to different groups of people. That's not entertaining television to watch on a recurring basis. But that's what this show has always been. I feel like sometimes we forget that it's monotonous. It's boring. It's not monogamous. It's monotonous. Right, right. It's different. (laughs) What is the official TLC description from this episode, Corey? So the TLC description for this one is Christine throws a 1950s themed party for her 50th birthday and admits she's dating again. Cody checks out Janelle's new apartment, but realizes she's planning a future without him. Mary worries about big changes in her life with both the B&B and Cody. The birthday thing was weird because we completely dropped that topic and the dating thing. Those both came up in the same episode earlier this season. And then they were like, let's go back to that. Let's talk about that again. We'll circle back on that later in like eight episodes. Admits she's dating again. Yeah, because in the second episode this season, she was talking about meeting with a matchmaker. This is not new information. Why is this surprising or shocking to anyone? It's not. It's not. But get ready for some heavy tree symbolism. We got a Rorschach test at the end of this episode to kind of figure out what sort of allegory we're seeing between the trees at the B&B and Mary and Cody's relationship. It was a little heavy-handed, was it not? You think? <laughs> All right, you ready for my rewrite? Let's hear it. Mary starts her search for a non-porous bar top. Janelle asks for Cody's help curating a gallery wall for her new apartment. Mary makes a desperate attempt to get Cody to peel her logs one last time. <laughs> Pillin' logs. Get your gloves on. Get your visor on. We're ready to go. Pull your sunglasses on top of your head to hold your hair back. That's what she was hoping for. Gonna blow her hair back. Look out. (laughs) Before we get into the episode, announcements, shall we? Cody made an appearance on a podcast, not this one. Thank God. There is no way you can ask him questions. This was what, like two hours long, basically? And they asked probably four questions in total. He just rambled. I think my favorite parts were when he kept asking to edit things out, even though the podcast literally has live in its name because they were doing a live session for the interview. So then just making everybody so uncomfortable because I think he's just used to yelling that at everybody on the set for production of Sister Wives of, oh, can we can we just edit that out? I, I didn't mean to say that. Can we edit that out? No, it's live. That was probably the best part. It's here. Because he said it so many times because they weren't telling him they were going to do it because this is a live show. You said it. Everyone saw it. Like, it just happened. It's on there. (laughs) They didn't know what to say. And finally, the last time he asked, they had to be like, yeah, bro, that that we can't do that. It's all in here. Yeah, it's all here. I don't know how to edit that. We don't have a time machine. If you want. To watch that, that was the Mormon Discussion, Inc. podcast. It's a podcast, right? I guess. I got to tell you guys, I don't seek out Mormon discussions outside of this podcast. So, I mean, our podcast, the show. Well, yeah. (laughs) There were other things in it. You know, the diesel jeans model thing. He referred to Robin as uh, really leveling him up in life since he was marrying someone who looked like a jeans model. Is that why she spent all that money on that Victoria's Secret credit card? 
Does she still look like a Diesel Jeans model? <laughs> that was a long time in the it past. It was a long, long time ago. We're not going to be recapping that. We watched it live. We talked about it on our Discord, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. It was hard to get through once. And we're still recovering from that John Yates interview with Peyton that was three hours long. Some serious PTSD. I I don't know the next time we're going to have the will to recap something like that. <laughs> I'm legally obligated to say that I'm not supposed to talk about religion on the podcast. Sounds like that's it. Yeah, let's get this over with. <laughs> the day is finally here. It's Christine's mock birthday because this was not her actual 50th birthday party. Although they are leading us to believe that on the show. This is the one that TLC paid for. She just had them reserve a food truck in her driveway and had some friends over. Mostly family members. Mostly family. The people who are comfortable with being on camera is what I'm assuming. Because she had a roaring 20s themed party back in April when her actual birthday was. I guess that was too racy for the cameras. We (laughs) didn't have a roaring 20s film session. So I guess that kind of makes sense with what plays out. Because this quickly becomes McKelty's party for herself where she tells everyone that she's pregnant and having twins. The timeline's all messed up because this is treated as a baby announcement. When is this? Because we know Christine's actual birthday party was in April. This was a month later. This had to be yeah, end of it was May. May. So it's just kind of loosey-goosey. Who's here, though? Let's take an audit. Basically, everyone in the family except for Rob and Cody and their kids. Dean, Aurora, Brianna, Saul. All right. Forgot her. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm forgetting one. That was yep. too easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dab Sark. And, of course, Annabelle Brown. Spirit baby. You, <laughs> Never forget baby Annabelle. You can't forget about baby Annabelle. Do people still think that they're hiding a baby post-COVID? It's probably still circulating on Reddit, I'm sure. Well, maybe one day baby Annabelle will make an appearance. If Kale Lowry finally decided to unveil that she had a fifth baby, we can hold out for that happening in the Shira Chateau. To unveil a baby? <laughs> I don't think you should do that. I don't know. I'm not a father. I, I don't get to say. I don't have an opinion. So this is a big birthday. It's a 50th birthday. Christina's celebrating her freedom from the oppression of living with and being married to Cody Brown. And she is dating. Honestly, it's a pretty sweet setup for a birthday. You got a food truck. You got sodas. You got shakes. Probably got some phosphates in there, too. <laughs> Things are getting a little crazy, huh? A little egg cream, maybe. I know Christine's trying to get some egg cream because she's been dating again. You know, Janelle told us, Christine wants to find a partner to do it with again. (laughs) To do it with again. To it with. Specifically. People don't even get inside the house. And McKelty is getting everyone's attention to yell to Christine, look, I have the best birthday present to give to my mother. It was very Cody Brown-esque, like... Yeah, it was a lot of Cody energy. Big Cody energy. It's your daughter pregnant with twins. Which Christine already knew. So I hope that she still bought a gift for Christine too, instead of just kind of slapping this on there as a public announcement, public service announcement. Everyone's confused because she keeps doing this thing where she just shouts and quickly says something. Slurs it all together. Like she's had a couple of margaritas at the Fajita Cantina. So Janelle 
is like, wait, you? You? You're pregnant with twins? And then she gets very excited. I think the real gift this episode was hearing in graphic detail about how Tony and McKelty conceived the twins without their knowledge. Christine did not want to hear that. That was the real gift. When Tony's like, we had sex. Also, he mentioned that someone told them that you can't get pregnant when you're breastfeeding. And I'm like pretty sure that's not true. And look, not a mother. But my mother had my sister 364 days after me. So I would say study of one. That does not work. I don't know a lot, but I wouldn't gamble on that. I wouldn't take those odds. (laughs) Well, here we go. We got twins. Not even one. We got two. They're not going to be identical, but they are going to have three kids under the age of two. So that's scary just in and of itself. Now everyone else knows, but we find out that McKelty told a very special person first. Someone who doesn't like to feel excluded from important family events. Well, a very special people, group of people, selective persons of Cody and Robin. So Cody and Robin were told first, but really, I mean, it wasn't because she wanted to tell Cody. It was because she had to tell Robin out of necessity because she had morning sickness. And apparently Christine had six children and did not experience morning sickness so she had to turn to robin to get advice she's a trooper because as as we remember remember robin being sick in the chinese buffet was she pregnant or that was just (laughs) just a normal day i can't remember remember that was when everyone was on a diet no she was pregnant she was because that's when they started going to the horrible trainer and she wanted salad at the chinese buffet not my first recommendation (laughs) she's got to keep up that diesel jeans model body though I know how well that worked out. Oh, that's the sizest in me talking. <laughs> Thousand pound sister wives. <laughs> Christine is acting totally cool about this information, though. Like, it doesn't bother her at all. There are just going to be things that McKelty is going to tell Cody and Robin first because she's trying to get their favor. So this is just how it is. And they found out first. She'll find out other things first. You know what really hurts, though, is that Robin and Cody weren't invited to the birthday party here. Robin specifically calls that out, how she was expecting an invitation to Cody's ex-wife's birthday party this year. (laughs) Why? She was really planning on making an appearance, I'm sure. But she seems to forget the times that her kids and Mary have gathered together and excluded the rest of the family. But when the other side of the family does it... That's hurtful. It's offensive. And vindictive and spiteful and all of the negative adjectives you can think of to describe it. (laughs) She was making quite the stink face. Also, she looked more harsh, harsher than normal in her talking heads. Why, Why was that? I don't know if her hair was darker. She seemed like she was on a lot of Valium. She she did have a little bit of a an antidepressant haze for those of us who are familiar with that. Now that we can speak to from experience. <laughs> this would have been great though if they had invited Robin because Isabel would have been psyched to see Robin's kids. I wish they would have just told Isabel, yeah, I think uh, Robin and Cody and their kids, I think they should be rolling up here pretty soon and just watch her disconnect from the world. <laughs> On camera. Rora and Brianna should be here soon. 
and just check out completely. No, I don't think that they would be allowed here because there are two cakes present and one of them is polluted with alcohol. Heavily alcoholed, as McKelty put it. Mary's favorite kind of cake. A boozy one. That is where she got the recipe, I'm assuming. It's a prue cake. Want to move on from the birthday party? That's pretty much all the significant information. Everyone dressed up, basically, except for Peyton. I will say that McKelty started the rendition of the birthday singing, and it was in way too high of a key. But I don't know if that was just a let me call you sweetheart moment, or that was what we were calling back to. Was it hereditary or ironic? I can't tell if there was intention behind that, but I'd like to think that there was. Back in Parowan, Mary is working on the renovation of the carriage house, which they really think that we're invested in for some reason. Yeah, because remember, she's moving her undescribed clothing business. Please, someone hit me in the head with something so I don't have to experience this again. (laughs) You're over this? Please. I'm actually a little excited to see the unveiling after Blair got involved. Right, because this is where we get the introduction to Blair officially. He is now canon and part of the show, The Sister Wives History. And that means everyone can stop commenting on Mary's Instagram. And also, there's a lot of Facebook comments by older, confused fans of the show who think that this is her new boyfriend. An eligible bachelor. Which we find out is not true. He's not in Mary's market, if you know what I mean. Not my demographic. Not her demographic. (laughs) But he is an interior designer. So he's here to save the day. We are going to revamp the carriage house. And there's a theme that Mary has assigned for this project. And it is industrial steampunk. Oh, I I thought the theme that you were talking about was that Mary hires friends. That's another theme. She pays people to hang out with her. (laughs) We got Jen. Now we got Blair. And Jen's still the hero overall because Jen's involved in this process too. But Blair's Blair's doing the actual interior decorating and coming up with the design elements here. She did meet Blair online. But she made sure to make sure that he's actually the person he claims to be before meeting him in person. Mary has learned that lesson. (laughs) We're beyond that. She makes sure that everyone does video chats with her. You cannot claim that your camera's broken or doesn't work. A quick recap of being catfished. She's good now. She gets it. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool, fool, nope, other, fool, other way. It's, no, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> and then if it's more than that. So she's good. I was trying to go for, you know, the quote. No, that's, yeah, different. <laughs> We get Blair's take on Mary being in a plural family, obviously, because production still has the same sheet of questions that they've been asking people since 2009. Why are we doing this? (laughs) Who cares? He's not even a random person. Remember when they would bring a random contractor and they would ask these questions? Or a store owner that they happened to befall upon? This is actually a real life friend of hers who has now become an employee. We don't need to ask them these things. She pays me to be here. I don't care what she does. That's how you know they have no footage. All right. The plan for this space, it's going to be a workspace, but it's also going to be a mini LuLaRoe store. We can't say it, though. Don't say that. The brand that shall not be named. It's going to be steampunk, industrial, gears, wood, brick. That's what we're going for. Screams LuLaRoe. 
that's not even LuLaRoe. That's what Mary likes. That's what she's into. Oh, I know. I'm saying that yeah. it doesn't feel like it really jives with the brand, but that's Mary's no, personal taste. No, it's Mary's taste. brand. Yeah, Mary is the brand. That That's true. This is mm. her her business. Very much so. Has anyone been to this mini store and, and done the fitting room experience? Uh, I guess, yeah, it's probably been done for like two years at this point. So I hadn't really thought of that. I have a feeling this is an idea that like never came to fruition. The fitting room aspect. And again, with Mary's history of meeting people online and then inviting them to meet in person. Not a good idea. I don't think it's good to do that. This isn't the person who should be doing that. I mean, but technically she's not inviting them to her home because she does not live at the B&B. Right. It is a degree of separation here. So that is good. Jen shows up late, but thank goodness because she needs to be here or Mary will not be able to make any major life decisions for herself. That's true. And this is where we get reminded that Robin knows Jen. They're kind of friends too, I guess. (laughs) Are they? (laughs) No, they're not. She knows of Jen with two N's. Not at all. But you think Robin's kind of jealous maybe of Jen and Mary's relationship? She is very quick to assure us it is not jealousy. Robin is not jealous at all about Jen and Mary's relationship. She just wishes that her relationship with Mary was kind of more like the relationship that Mary has with Jen. That's not jealousy, though. That's something else. It's different. Totally different. Her relationship with Mary is more like that frenemy you call when something really bad is going on in both of your lives and you're trauma bonded together. So that's probably more lasting connection. It's more valuable to Robin, even though she wishes that she still had the fun, light relationship that Jen and Mary have, where they joke and they laugh. Oh, boy, do they laugh. If this was 15 years ago, Jen would have been recruited by Mary to join the family. I think so. If Jen was single, thank God she already had a husband. Well, we don't know. 15 years ago, did she? I think so. Probably. You dodged a bullet, Jen. But- Can we even really call Mary and Robin friends anymore? Because she hasn't even told Robin about this major life change, this big project that she's working on. Yeah, they're just more acquaintances, familial acquaintances, not friends. There's no confiding in each other or anything like that that's going on. Not really any support, mostly just stringing along. And I think Mary's coming to that realization Yeah, I don't think that Mary likes Robin anymore. No, she sees what's going on. See, this is again the problem with getting a friend to join your family is friends come and go out of people's lives throughout the course of their lives. And now she's got a friend she can't get rid of. Speaking of friends you can't get rid of, Cody's going over to Janelle's apartment. She's moved into a way nicer apartment. We are out of student housing. It is an up grade. We are not in an RV. We are in an actual 1,500 square foot apartment. Looks brand new. And Cody has invited himself over to see it. Yeah, because he's still kind of shitty that Janelle doesn't want to reconcile with him. He's taking that very personally, that Janelle hasn't made the effort to woo him back to her. Right. Nothing is on him. He was supposed to call a counselor if Y'all recall. He offered that up. He still hasn't done it, but now he's waiting on her to make her move. So Janelle has made that abundantly clear. Cody has not lifted a finger in any of this time that we've spent apart to try to attempt to 
bridge the gap between us or work on anything, any sort of reconciliation. So she's not really going out of her way to make any of those attempts either. The only good news is he's spending more time with Savannah. He takes her out to eat every other week. Once every other week. Okay, well, it's progress, I guess. <laughs> Let's not call ourselves dad of the year yet. Yeah, we're patting ourselves on the back pretty hard over that. And that whole thing with Gabe and Garrison just waiting for time to let that blow over. Not going to make any other effort to reach out to them in any other form or fashion. The phone goes both ways. Just hoping that that will somehow resolve itself. Stuff's good with Savannah because she hasn't wronged me in these ways that Gabe and Garrison have. So that's good. As soon as Cody comes into the apartment, though, he is taken aback by how cool this place is. How amazing this kitchen is. And I think Janelle is immediately regretting letting him into this space because this was her sanctuary. This was her fortress of solitude away from Cody. And now he's coming in to pollute this environment. Yes. Plus, she was picking up the vibe that he wanted to move in. And that was not the intention of allowing him to come here. No, I'm showing you what you're missing out on. So she has to assert her dominance. After she sees this take place, so she asks him, you know, while you're here, could you do a little work? I have some artwork that needs to get hung up, so maybe you can help me with that before you leave. Oh, we know Cody's got a ton of experience hanging artwork. If you couldn't tell from the walls that are covered at the Shira Chateau. What do you think she has to hang up? Do you think she still has her iron horse sculpture that used to be above the fireplace? Yeah, some delicate artwork that needs to go up for sure. <laughs> It's probably just a bunch of framed movie posters that Gabe and Garrison had before they moved out. <laughs> it's a Scarface. Reservoir dogs. <laughs> oh my God, this could be a whole thing. <laughs> All right, welcome to a new segment where, where we theorize what movie posters hung in Gabe and Garrison's room. Boondock Saints. <laughs> Train spotting. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. A very large tapestry of Bob Marley. <laughs> for the grow up. It's for the grow up. Don't judge. It's my business. He is so impressed. He's walking around this place. This, this is the kind of place I want to live in. All those other shitty places you live. Oh, gross. Yeah, the RV. Ugh. And then this other apartment that you had before that you forced me into. Feel like I got ringworm just looking at the bathtub. Terrible. And you can tell because he's starting to use we language. It switched from you, me, to we. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's revisit Mary. Mary is still at the B&B, and Blair is ready to unveil the plans that he has drawn up so far for the carriage house. 
there is a full Kinkos poster board display. Hold on. It is a science fair trifold board. It certainly is. He invested $6 to glue some pictures up for her, some pictures. Ta-da. It's a very special display. But as soon as Mary sees it, she starts picking it apart because that's what she does. She can't help it. This is just who she is. So it seems like, I don't know, was, were those paint colors like a, a bluey green color? Bluey green? Gray. Bluey green gray. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So they got some colors like that. They're going to have a darker wood floor. And first issue, Blair is recommending with his years of interior design experience that she go for a white marble countertop for this workspace. Mm-mm. I'm going to stop you right there, Blair. Not into it. Not excited. <laughs> she does not do white. She does not do marble. It stains too easily. Right. You spill one glass of cab salve, and that is the end of that countertop. <laughs> and let's be real. There, there's going to be a lot of bottles out on this counter. When there aren't clients around. Well, maybe sometimes when they are. But that's another problem. Circles. It would be so much more efficient if they would come up with a standard square-sized alcohol bottle so you could just stack them right next to one another. Jack Daniels. <laughs> you could get a lot more in a smaller confined space. And we're all about efficiency at the Fajita Cantina. The Fajita Cantina Americana Crafting Carriage House. <laughs> and fitting room. <laughs> <laughs> so she hates circles. There's a lot of symbolism to circles. It's kind of important in her religion, maybe. Is it? I don't know. Why <laughs> That's why she hates circles is because it's part Infinity, of her religion. the idea of eternity, no beginning, no end. She really doesn't like circles anymore. She's over it. <laughs> She's all about squares now. No more circles. And she comes out, the most surprising thing about this episode, as a round earther. I did catch that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to be the final nail in the coffin for her and Cody's relationship because <laughs> I know he's probably teetering on the edge of the, of the ice earth. shelf there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we just don't see eye to eye, Mary. It's too political. We've changed too much. But I love how Mary goes along with this joke because she's like, you guys saw me build my house in Vegas, right? You know who you're talking to. You know who we're dealing with here. And God bless Blair for taking this assignment. This was not a project for the faint of heart. No, you have to know what you're getting into. And we saw... All of it with the deck, the fixtures, the spacings, the wet bar. The sliding doors. I will French. not have sliding doors, Cody. French I doors. told you that from the beginning. They must be French doors. No sliders. You know what? I like a picky bitch who knows what she likes. But this seems to be like the only realm in Mary's whole life where she knows what she wants and she's very adamant about it. Very particular. Yeah. And Cody even admits Mary is a bit of a control freak. He'll come out and say it. But I think that's why Mary's so free in all of these decisions. These decisions are hers. She doesn't have to take anybody else's opinion into account because there is no one else in her life. Well, <laughs> I guess it's even Jen. Wasn't that why Jen was here? Well, Jen's going to try and steer the ship. It's just basically people going to try and talk you into white countertops. So we'll see how many friends she has left at the end of this. Cody. He is still hanging around Janelle's apartment. And come to think of it, he doesn't remember ever having a conversation with Janelle about her moving. But then again, she could have definitely told him and he didn't care enough to remember that information. Yeah, it didn't really matter. 
So I kind of forgot. <laughs> it doesn't matter where my child lives. No, as long as, yeah, you figure it out and I'm not involved, I'm okay with that. But now that I've seen it and it's pretty cool, I have to feign a level of interest here to try and get a sleepover, maybe, because this place is real nice. And it's spacious. He might even be able to get his end table, his his bedside table, into that room this time. Yeah, because it wasn't happening at the other one. But this is where we talk about the fajita casita a little bit, because now you have this big, luxurious, grand apartment. Do we even need to build the fajita casita? Why don't we just build your actual house? And Chanel has to keep reminding Cody, we can't build fucking anything (laughs) until you pay it off he walked into that himself and then he got shitty when she brought up the fact that they have to pay off the land Mm, yeah (laughs) also i don't really understand the casita thing doesn't that just seem like that's just your house now like it's 1200 square feet how much bigger of a house does she need it's just going to be janelle well the casita was going to be over a garage so it was basically an apartment above a garage why don't we call it a barn dominium because that's what it is (laughs) Maybe it's a little smaller, but I think Cody's just trying to put all of his excess storage out on Coyote Pass. We can make it out of metal. It'll go up faster. Real quick. I don't know. But Janelle already knows that this isn't happening because Cody's not going to pay off the land. And he certainly isn't going to help with the building costs. He's asking Janelle to invest in his property scheme. How about you build something larger? Because it's going to increase the value of our property when we build next to it. I don't think he's going to realize that that's going to increase the taxes that they owe on the land, too. I don't know if they're budgeting for that properly. So he just says, yeah, yeah. And then he starts to stare off in the other direction. And that is the beginning of this conversation spiraling. They're never going to pay it off. They're never going to build anything. No, he has no intention. No. So now they have nothing else to talk about. So then they're just pointing out other features in the apartment. Wow, what's this closet? Is that storage? No, that's laundry because it's in unit because this place is baller. See, this is where I was like, don't give him too much information about the floor plan because that's dangerous. Yeah, he's going to come in with his night vision goggles. No. Tell him that goes somewhere else. It's a basement, actually. It's a utility closet. (laughs) But he's pointing out how the countertops are different. I guess one of them's not white, so Mary could live here if she needs to. Savannah is even trying to draw blood from a stone and she's like the sink the sink the sink is deep much nicer than the sink in student housing where we had to assemble our christmas lasagna this year oh dear yeah they had to trim the tree in that kitchen probably too not great i think the real twist of the knife was when janelle mentioned that the apartment is dog friendly (laughs) and i think that was probably it for cody where he knew yep they don't want me here. Nope. Not invited. <laughs> I'm not able. You know that was a burn. He received that. They have nothing to talk about because Cody has a whole separate life from them, you know, with Robin and her kids that he's been living for years. And he can't share that type of stuff with Janelle. It'll make you jealous. It will only disappoint you. <laughs> no, 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 no. He doesn't care about her feelings. Oh, no, sorry. It's because he's worried she's going to take that information back to Christine. Oh, that's it. Yeah. And then Christine is going to use it to somehow inflict more pain on Robin. And he has to protect Robin. He's the big protector. 
I thought it was just so weird where he was talking about how plural life essentially leads to a double life, though, because he can't talk about his other lives when he's at one of these other houses. And so, yeah, you have nothing to say because you don't invest in this household. You don't invest in relationships with Janelle and Savannah. Right. How about we ask Savannah some questions about what's going on at school? You're almost a senior. What are you planning to do after this year? No, we go right into, so you want to get something to eat? Because that's what Cody has to check off the list. Let's get out of here. We're going to go. You want to go to Salsa Bravo? (laughs) (laughs) That's everybody's question. That's the burning question this season. He is still debating, though. He's asked Janelle a number of times if she wants to reconcile. He's going to try maybe one more time in about a week. I'll give it a week, and then I'll ask the same way I've been asking for the last six months with no other effort with no additional perception into the situation, just the same questions in the same way that I've been asking them. She knows it's coming. She has to, because this place is too nice for him not to want to move into. I know, he's trying to leave some stuff here, like he's going to forget something, and he's going to have to come back. Oh, I forgot my sunglasses. Oh, shoot. I'll swing by tomorrow, around 6.30 or 7. Don't let him pick up Savannah too many times. All of a sudden, he'll have a copy of that key. He's going to take her to Home Depot. Speaking of rejection, Mary has been taking the last few months to process everything Cody told her at their anniversary dinner. Well, her anniversary dinner. Her anniversary dinner. Yeah, and she's been alone on her own, alone with her thoughts for a little bit. So she's been able to to come up with a whole storyline here for us to analyze, an allegory, a metaphor. (laughs) Of the trees, because she is driving once again. Back to Parowan to the B&B because there are some very large trees outside. Because she doesn't live at the B&B, remember? Correct. That's why she's driving back and forth just less than she used to. It's evidence that she drives from Flagstaff to Parowan because she doesn't live in Parowan. But there are these two or three huge pine trees on the property at Lizzie's Heritage Inn that are coming down. They have to. They are structurally impeding on the property and the business now. But it's a big bummer for Mary because these trees, they've obviously been here a very long time through generations of Mary's family living in this house. You know, Mary wants to be in the trees. She's wanted to be in the trees since season 14. We've made that abundantly clear, except for when she doesn't, when she becomes the lady of the woods. But we're back to liking trees. So let's put that on the record. She's going to get light. She needs light. So that's good. Bring the trees down, you get light. Either way you cut it, it's sad. It's the end of an era. These trees have been around forever, her whole life. Do you notice they told us the same exact story from last episode? Oh, yeah. About the whole, how, literally how the entire dinner played out. From calling Cody to the excuses he made, she did add a little new spice to it for us, which was the information that she talked to Robin afterwards. And... Robin called Cody so dumb for suggesting that she might have made plans that day. She knows that that's Cody and Mary's anniversary. I would never make reservations for me and Cody when it's your anniversary, Mary. But I also won't remind him in the morning that it's your anniversary and perhaps he should at the very least text you. No, absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> Do you think she even remembered it was their anniversary that day? Robin probably did not recall. 
She has a lot of other responsibilities. Top of the list, calendar alerts, reminders, things she's bidding on on eBay. <laughs> Very busy. Very busy. She's got to, something's going to be on QVC in a few minutes. She's got to turn the TV on. It's a full agenda. The first release. So we get a little bit of a different twist on some of the conversation that happened at the supposed anniversary murder tarp part two. Murder tarp strikes back <laughs> date. But they're never going to have a relationship again because Cody doesn't want to go back to what their relationship used to be. Mary's like, great, let's not go back. Let's go forward. Let's forge something new. We're basically strangers now. Do you want to get to know me? We're actually both completely different people. You are too. You've been accused of completely changing your personality by two of your other three, all three of everybody. them. Everybody, every single one of your wives Many doesn't of your children, recognize you. All of your children, most of your children. <laughs> so maybe let's try to get to know this new version of one another. But this is where Cody doesn't want to. He doesn't want to insert into her life. He doesn't want to insert anything anywhere mm-hmm. ever again for her. So we get the tree removal shots that we're intercutting here. Because symbolism, do you get it? It's these long-standing structures of the relationship. You get it? You see in it the parallels in the story? When Mary told the producers in such a passing thing, she's like, oh, I'm not at the B&B because there's going to be all this noise. They're ripping down these two trees out in the front yard. So I'm in Flagstaff where it's quiet and I can focus on my work and stuff. And they're like, Mary, you have to go get footage of that right now. Wait, there's two two giant trees. Two trees that have been there for hundreds of years, and they're chopping them down and uprooting them, and you're just going to let that pass by without documenting that? Look, all we have is donkey footage and a few railroad tracks. So we're going to need you to drive, what is it, three hours to Parowan? You got to get up there right now. Isn't that the kind of thing that she pays Jen to be there for? Right. I think Jen would have been able to handle that. Just so we're all clear, because Mary started telling her side of the story the last episode, and they're continuing to let her have her narrative here. Everyone's reflecting on Cody and Mary's relationship, because as we know, Cody has acted like it was horrific since day one. But the version that Christine and Janelle remember was that they were the it couple. Everyone wanted to be Cody and Mary. Christine was amazed with how well Cody treated Mary, and that's what got her interested in the relationship to join this polygamous family. He treats Mary so well. I want to be treated like that. Be careful what you wish for, (laughs) Christine. You did not know what you were getting into. And Janelle pointing at looking at the existing relationships for plural marriage, that's how you get the basis of who this man is. Then why the hell did Janelle join? Well, but she saw Cody and Mary's relationship. It was once she became a wedge in it that it was a problem. Better question. Why did Christine join? That's the bigger question. If anybody got tricked out of all the people who got married involved in this storyline here for the series, Christine was definitely deceived (laughs) the most. She was purposely used as a mediator between... Janelle and Mary. She did not know that that was the role that she was signing up for because she thought that this relationship was great, that everything was all settled and established, and she was just going to ease in as the last wife, third and final wife, and round things out. Nope. You got to fix 
all this mess that none of us have addressed at all. And then we'll never give you credit for it. Yeah, well, I'll eventually give Robin credit for it. You were the worst sister wife. The literal worst. So Mary's bummed that Cody isn't giving value to their history. It's sort of like he's throwing it in the wood chipper, so to speak. <laughs> 30 years of history, almost like a hundred-year-old tree just disposing of it. Like it's not important. It has no value. Like it'll be like it was never here. So now I'm surprised we didn't get footage of Mary at a crossroads because <laughs> <laughs> to just keep with the on the nose trend for the end of this episode. But Mary has a decision to make because she's just been kind of lingering for a little while. She's just sort of around as another vague member of the family, kind of in the orbit of the family, but she's not a wife, that's for sure. So she can either keep doing that or she can terminate it. So we're right at the same decision point where she was at the end of the last episode with no additional context or information to go off of informing that decision. No progress made. Nothing. Except for, screw him, he's not worth it. I think we kind of have an idea where that's going to go, but it also helps that this is so far in the past and we already know that Mary and Cody are publicly divorced. Well, that, and she did go through with cutting down the trees. And in the end, it wasn't as bad as she thought it was going to be. You know what? I'm thankful that they did cut down the trees too, because there were so many pine needles on the roof of that house. It's just going to be a lot clearer you're going to be way less work on trying to clear the gutters out, a lot less maintenance, better for the house. I think it's a good call. Overall, I think it was good. I'm just saying from a logistics standpoint, you made the right call. We're left wondering what will Mary's call be? Next episode. I don't even know how to explain what's going to happen in the next episode because it was a fever dream of hodgepodge different topics. It was a weird mix of clips here. Like, I don't know what story they were trying to tell us or what they were teeing up to get us hooked with. No, Cody's out on Coyote Pass with a friend trying to hook a trailer up to a truck and talking about being on a farm. And then Christine declares that she and Janelle are the only survivors of their family. Might have to call our lawyer. <laughs> And then Cody says, I refuse to separate from Robin. You're not going to separate me from her. And Janelle tries to settle her estate. Good luck with that girl. That was the only interesting part to me because I like when Janelle brings us family finance receipts. That is good. I hope she contacts a lawyer. Perhaps Ronald McDonald Esquire will be taking a call next week. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.